0: So what do you do when your kids say, you're raising me in a bubble? Today on Life Talks, we're going to be talking about how to lead and protect your children, preparing your children for life, but also how do you handle the issues of the world and, and and what do you say to them? How do you lead them through this process? And uh, today on Life Talks this is what we're going to be talking about. Dan? Yes. And this is not something that just your kids will say to you. This is
1: something that parents say to each other. Well, you can't raise your kids in a vacuum. Yeah. You can't raise your kids yep. in, a, in a bubble. And
0: but. the reason why we're bringing this up is we've had people come to us and say, you know, I raised my kids in a Christian environment. I sent them to a Christian school or, or I homeschooled them and then they left my house and they went into college university and they're adults now they're coming back to me and saying almost very antagonistically saying you know you raised me in a bubble and and i you didn't expose me to all these things and to the real world and and i think th- there's a reality that people are experiencing this but is that true um i think there's a i think there is kind of a flawed thinking that we somehow have to uh, expose our children to the the crevices of 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 the darkness out there. Yeah. Um, but this is a real issue. I think a lot of parents right now, probably my age, your age, a little bit older, um, are just really wrestling with of maybe second guessing. I thought I was protecting. I thought I was shielding my kids from things, and now it's coming back to bite me. Yeah. How do you? What do you what do you say to parents that are in that situation? Yeah.
1: Well, the first thing I, w- I would want to say is, <clears throat> first of all, your twenty two year old is not in a position yet to give you parenting advice. <laughs> I mean, and I don't mean that to sound as cold and and, and so forth. Cut right <laughs> but, to it, Dan. Yeah. But, but, but 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 seriously, you know, sometimes we over respond to the criticism of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, without, we, we almost automatically assume that everything they say is valid or true or or, mm. or so forth, and there is no perfect method of parenting, there are no perfect parents and there are, and no two kids behave the same way yeah. to the strategies you use in your homes. Understanding all of that, you can only go by the truisms, the principles, hopefully of the word of God, but even of life in general. Mm. Um and and so you don't just automatically assume, well, he said I, I kept him in a bubble. I guess I was a failure or I shouldn't do that with my other kids. Hmm. No, no, no. Let's back up and ask yourself some some questions on what was your motivation for doing this? What were you trying to do? Because you don't know what would have occurred had you done the opposite.
0: I think that's a really good point because even for, for, for myself uh, and Liz, we talk about things that – you know, we're at the tail end of having children in our home. Mm-hmm. And I think that all of us, and you probably do it too, there's things that maybe you and Julie talk about. You you wonder, I, w- I wonder what would have happened if we would have done this differently. Oh, just about
1: every day, every <laughs>
0: moment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But there is, there is that part of well, you that questions, yeah, yeah, but here's the, yeah, am I doing it right? No
1: 22-year-old kid comes to you and says, man, you parents, you should have
0: sheltered me more.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, of course they're going to say that. Yeah. You know, but but, let's, but, but, let's, but go ahead. Let, let's go back to just just the motivation behind mm-hmm. this, and and let's let's use a a common illustration of why I believe that it is a right thing to shelter your children. Um, and and I like to garden. You mm-hmm. know that everybody knows me knows that's one one of the few hobbies I have is to garden, um, and and. Sometimes I like to start my own plants. Mm. Uh, My goal is to harvest good fruit. That's Mm -hmm. what I want to do. I want vegetables and fruits for my dinner table. Mm -hmm. To get there, the process begins when there are seeds. And um, as we're taping this right now, it is January. In about five or six weeks, I will get egg cartons and I will put a little soil in them and I will put a seed in each one of Mm -hmm, the pockets. mm -hmm. I will make sure the soil is appropriately moist and then I will place it in my windowsill and I will wait for anywhere from three to nine days for the seed to sprout. At that time, it becomes very critical that I pay attention to what's going on because if I get them too wet, they'll die of rot. Right. If I keep, if they get too dry, in, in, in just a matter of hours, the wilt and, yeah. and the root system is so fragile. So at that fragile moment. at yeah. this point. And that process takes about another three weeks to get them to the next stage. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at about five or six weeks of stay uh, of, of from, from the seed, I need to start preparing them to, to transplant them. Uh, hopefully by that time, the frost will be mm-hmm. largely gone and so forth. Mm-hmm. So what I do then is I will take them outside and set them on my back deck first day for 30 minutes. Mm. And then the next day, I'll take them out for an hour. And then I'll take them out for two hours. And then I'll leave them out for um, the evening, late afternoon the evening. Um, and I will gradually work out to where I can leave them out all the time. If I take them out the first day and leave them outside, they'll sunburn. Mm -hmm. people don't understand plants will sunburn, but absolutely. Even even my succulent cacti collection will sunburn if I leave it out. They have to readjust to the bright light and to the heat and to all the other elements. I I have to watch out for bugs because a bug will kill a little plant very quickly. I have to watch out for fungus. There's all these other things I'm watching out for. Then finally, there comes a time when I transplant them. But even when I transplant them, I put a cage around them to protect them initially. I I, I make sure there's no uh, the, the fence has no holes in it because the rabbits will come right, in. Right, right. I i they have to have more water. I have to fertilize them. Yeah. So even tra- it's not until they really take off, start blossoming and so forth that I can kind of like rest a little bit. Yeah, and then you
0: revisit <laughs> it every couple of days, make yeah, sure everything's yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, make sure yeah.
1: everything's good, and I still stay in contact with. Yeah. Them. So this is the same. Thing. <laughs> this is the same thing with with children. Yeah. It is ludicrous to think that we can just take our kids and just expose them to the elements of, of a world that is that is harsh and hard and dangerous. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, well, at least one or two will turn out okay. Well, y- you may be okay with those success race- ratios, but I'm not. Yeah, And, and so at, at the same time, you don't take them and leave them indoors and try to produce fruit while they're still indoors. It won't happen. They won't germinate. Yep. They, they have to be cross-pollinating. There's all different kinds of things. It doesn't work. You got to take them outside eventually. Um, and and you don't do it suddenly. You do it in a process. That's the same way with parenting. Yeah. What, you know, one of the things I was just reading about this yesterday that disturbs me is the amount of exposure our young, young children are getting to things that are not healthy. Mm. And, and I was watching, you know, big controversy, you know, because cable news loves outrage, but this was outrageous that there were four or five-year-olds being taken by their parents to see drag shows.
0: Yeah. Which I've heard. for
1: yeah. what reason? It's, it's, it's sickening did... and
0: it's despicable. And, yeah. and it's, you know, I think about what Jesus said when, when he talked about people, uh, leading, you know, leading children into sin. It's, it's, like might as well put a millstone around your neck. The whole idea is absolutely God hates it when you corrupt children. Yeah. And and we're seeing the the corruption of children at an earlier and earlier age yeah. all, all the time.
1: And it's intentional. That's the, the Exactly. I think. So a child's character, sociologists will tell you, is largely formed before the age of seven years of age. Mm-hmm. So and you're establishing baselines for normalcy yep. and for and that's why it's good to teach your kids, other than fantasy toys, give them a mop and a broom, give them a shovel and a hoe, give Mm -hmm. them a hammer and a saw, give them, give them things that are like work, uh, because that's part of how they learn. Yeah. And also they'll develop a good attitude towards it. Right. That's why you should let them follow you around outside when you're changing the oil in your car or painting <laughs> something. And if they're going to get in the way, it's going to mess up. But this is an important part of their training. You're setting standards of normalcy, that work is something grownups do, that, that you know that you are responsible for your own messes.
0: But what I, you just said normalcy. I think that's the issue is that today, what has been normal for decades centuries, millennia has now been flipped upside down. So now what what uh the the radical leftist socialist leftists want to create is a normal that is that is not biblical at all. And I think that's what what when people when kids are coming back from their university and saying you raised me in a in a sheltered environment. Well no what maybe what we did is as a Christian, we raised you in a Christian home with yeah. Christian standards and, and in
1: a safe environment.
0: And so it's not necessarily again I, I like what you said don't necessarily believe what they're saying at the same time i do agree with you there is this uh, every time we talk about parenting i feel like i use the same two words and we've i've shared this illustration multiple times when we've had these conversations but the whole idea is your role as a, as a parent is to protect and and prepare mm-hmm. right like so there's the the protection is really high when they're young and it and it wanes you're you're starting to expose them to more things but preparation increases as they get older. So it's like decreasing prote- protection, uh increasing preparation. And, and you know, so you see that uh how they eventually as they get older year by year. But here's the thing, Dan, that's more of an art than science. Yes. And I think that's what's really difficult is what what I, some, you know, when you have multiple children, some of them can handle things at earlier ages than other kids. You know, mm-hmm. if you just make this blanket statement, well, when you turn 13, you can do X. Well, that might not be a good idea for every – don't have age standards for things, have maturity standards for things. Yeah. And so – And and I think you also have to
1: understand not only are there differences in the rate of maturation, there are differences fundamentally between boys and girls. Yeah. And again, our culture in yeah. this egalitarian mindset that we try to adopt, but there are some things – there are some responses that boys have that girls don't have. Mm-hmm. And there are some attitudes that, and you have to be aware of those. Mm. And it's not bad, it's God given, it is not abnormal. It is it it is it is part of the way God's designed. Don't buy into the world's mindset and philosophy. Mm. And I think that's something that we that we tend to do. Just because they call themselves an expert, just because they have a few extra letters behind yeah. their name, yeah. does not mean that they know what's best for your life, your family, that's your right. children. Yeah, and. And parents need to, you know, get a little dose of self-confidence in, in what you're doing because nobody knows more. And, and and the government and the government educators, and yeah. they don't know more about your kids than you yeah. do. And I think
0: you need to let your kids know that when, if you're having this conversation with, a, with an adult child, one of the things I would tell them is, you know, what has transpired over the last 10 years of what is normal, of what, we you know, we sheltered you. No, no, Every, this is what is what a normal parent has done for Millennia. For a millennia, so do not tell me that you know that my, all of a sudden the standards are are all out of whack. I right. think it's put them in, a, give them a perspective to see things from your point of view. And again, that's hard to do because until they have their their own kids, they're gonna they're gonna have issues. And I also I also want to say this: there is still a reality. I don't want to I don't want to dismiss this. There is the reality that Christian parents can shelter their kids too much. Yeah. Would you agree with that?
1: Well, yeah, and I think again that's tantamount to the idea that you that you never take your kids outside of the. i mean the, so. The, I think the point is that
0: yeah. I, we don't want to put blanket statements on anything. What we do want to say is that there are there are there's a lot of wisdom involved in parents saying, you know what, my kid's not ready for X, or they're not ready to hear about this or be exposed to this. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that. Because that you had standards or your parents had boundaries growing up, that that is necessarily, you know, they kept you in a bubble. Right. Um, oh, and, and say that again for the people sitting in the back, because that, <laughs> that is really, really important. Just because you
1: have standards does not equate equate to overprotecting them or keeping them in. Yeah, a Yeah,
0: I mean, it, that, that's that's it, a normal parent is saying, you know, what you may not be ready for yeah. this. So
1: let's let's look at this philosophically real quickly and then I have another thing I want to come back to but but philosophically we need to understand that there is a system that's satanic in its origin mm-hmm. that says there is no such thing as absolute truth mm. and authority is bad. Mm. And you can't trust authority. So what what is what is happening now is everybody's truth is equally valid. Mm. Uh, if you don't want to be a man, but you were born male, then you can be a woman, and that's true for you, and that's okay. If you don't, if 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 you don't want to live um, within the confines of a marriage, uh, a marriage commitment, marriage vows, then it's okay to be polyamorous. It's mm-hmm. okay to be open uh, to have open marriages. I'm seeing this everywhere in the media today. This talk about open marriages mm. and open sexuality and so forth, and and this is very very prevalent among our younger generations. Mm-hmm. Where it's and, and so forth. No, this is the normalization of deviance see. Yeah, And deviancy is identified whenever there's an absolute standard. Mm. And when there's no absolute standard, i.e., I, the Judeo-Christian values that we get from Scripture, then there, if there is no standard, there is no standard maker. That's right. And if there's no standard maker, there's no God. Yeah. You, and you see, and it's a subtle but effective way of separating us from God. Mm. God designed us. Design is everywhere you look. And within that design, it's not only among the physical, but it's also among the the uh, the, the the philosophical mm-hmm. as well. So God has given us standards by which we should live, determine right from wrong. Not everything is okay. Not everything is equal. Mm. So this is this is a battle for worldview yeah. at its fundamental state. You know, one of the things that really frustrates me also, speaking of worldview and so forth, is the idea of how we rear our kids spiritually. And so there's this school of thought. It's very popular, and it's basically, this, I'll let my child choose. When they're old enough what to do about religion Hmm. believing that we can raise them in a spiritually neutral state there is no such thing as a spiritually neutral state you're either on your way to heaven or on your way to hell you're either dying or you have eternal life and and as a as a child when we separate themselves from the reality of our human condition and our spiritual condition we set them up dangerously. So here's 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 the the, the thought is that I'm not going to force my kids to go to church. I'm not going to force any religion on them. Uh, by the way, taking your kids to church or Sunday school is not forcing mm. <laughs> any more than 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 having them go to school. Yeah, you're right. parenting, you're yeah. leading, you're you're educating. Yeah. But you're not this isn't about force because no one can be forced to believe. That's right. But you are exposing them that's right. And you're educating them, yeah. um, and the the, the the ludicrousness of saying, "Well, I'm never going to force my kids to go to church. Uh, I'm going to let them choose for themselves." None of us choose the right thing naturally. Hmm. You know, we're we're going to choose what we want, what feels good, yeah. what's convenient. Uh, so many other reasons to to choose otherwise. So you don't say you know well I'm not going to force you to go to school. I'm not going to force you to brush your teeth. I'm not going to force you to eat your vegetables. I'm not going to force you to learn to read. Well, then why would we say I'm not going to I'm not going to force you? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but what you do is you educate them. You teach them. You set standards. You That's give right. guidelines. You have expectations. That's right. I have the expectation. We you and I did as well in in our home even when our kids were older. The expectation is if you live under my roof, you're going to go to church, yeah. Um, even my kids were adults, but still living at home or whatever. Yeah. They didn't have to come to my church, exactly. And I
0: think that's one of the yeah. biggest things that you have to realize as parents. If your kid turns 16, like, hey, I want to try this church over there. Let them try the church, yeah. Like, if they don't, if they don't vibe with the church you're going to. Just let them let let them go to a church that they let they like, it, you know. And I think that's 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 a good thing that if they want to find their own church to go to. Praise God for that. Yeah. You know? And 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 I I would I would make it narrow. I'm not going to let them exactly. go to the church to teach the apostasy. Yes. Or yeah.
1: Yeah. My, none of my kids desired that by the mm-hmm. way. They wanted something similar. They wanted something where they didn't get known by their last name, quite frankly. Yes. And you and I both have that problem yes. because we're pastors. Yes. But but here's what the standard was. The standard was, when Sunday morning at nine o'clock comes up, you don't get to sleep in on Sundays. Not if you want to live under my roof, eat mm-hmm. my food, and put your feet under my tables. So the 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 bottom line was, it wasn't unreasonable. Mm-hmm. It was this is this is our policy. If you don't want to go to church, that's fine. Rent your part an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 and and you know that sounds really cold. But it it it's basically oh, this is my saying. No one should be surprised um, th- this is our standard. So th- there, but I did not have that policy for my six year old or even my sixteen year old hmm. because, you know, incrementally, we we had to relinquish control to them, as they matured and mm. were capable of making those decisions with some autonomy. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the the art, you yes. said, of, yeah. of parenting, because not every child reaches mm. that capacity at the same time. Which yeah. is why I'm saying today, many of our kids are well served by doing a gap year, mm. a gap year between high school and college, where they college where they have absolute freedom, yeah. and when they're living under your house when they have fewer freedoms, there's that gap year programs that many places are providing that helps with the transition. So uh, and that wasn't available when you and I were yeah. kids uh, or much. So yeah. these these are things wise parents ex- explore and and use as part of the journey.
0: Okay, so I've got I'm got want you to answer one question. I'm going to answer if I'm going to answer the question first and then you can answer it and then we're done because we only got a few minutes left. But if you could give advice for parents to say, okay, my kids are young. I want to do the right thing of having boundaries and expectations and standards, but I also don't want to overprotect what what should i do okay how my one is i think there's a lot of things you can do but my one bit of advice would be this as your kids get older explain the why behind the what because i think they need that i think a lot of times when you have these standards of hey i don't you're not allowed to have you're not allowed to go to have sleepovers you're not when they're young they're like oh you know but eventually you tell them this is why you know and I think you have to get in the routine of explaining the why. Now, eventually, they might not have the same convictions as you, right? But you need to let that. You need the older they get. I think a a a good and a wise parent will explain the why behind the reasoning of their convictions. And that way, they they know this. You may not agree with this. When you your own parent, you can make up your own mind. But there is a reason for this. It's not like, well, it's just because I said so that that. You can do that up until a certain age, mm-hmm. but as your kids get older, explain, even if they don't question it, even if they're in, the, if they're like, okay, dad, fine, explain to them, this is why, and explain point to this is why you. It's, it flows out of a sense of love and out of a sense of responsibility of leading your family. That would be my biggest advice to parents who are wanting to do this correctly.
1: So I've got number two and number three that build okay. on that because okay. I, I agree 100% with what mm-hmm. you said. So number two is this, give them the freedom to disagree with you. Mm, that's good. It, disagreement does not necessarily mean rebellion. Yeah. Rebellion yeah. takes place when you act on the disagreement. Yes. Yeah. But your kids, your and, and, and you can be reasonable, you can say, you know what? I hear you and I understand you. I don't see it the same way, but I maybe I ought to write this down and remember it because when you become a parent, that may be something you want to do as a parent that's different. That's than right. me. The third thing is be willing to negotiate as they mature. Mm, because I love that. I, I think there that's are sometimes. Really I remember one of my kids was upset because they had like a a, a, a ten o'clock curfew, and um and, and so we we talked about it and so and I said, well, what do you you want? And they said, well, I think I should be able to stay out till till midnight. And I said, well, I I just think that's too generous. But here's here's what I'm willing to do. I'll tell you what. Let's go. Let's compromise. I'm going to move a little bit. You're going to move a little bit more than me. But we're going to go to ten thirty. And if at ten thirty you show up at the right time, and if you do that for six months, then we'll move it to eleven, and then we'll be halfway between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Now they still wanted midnight, but they were sure happier with with ten thirty <laughs> and eleven o'clock than yeah. they were with ten. And, and, and it allowed me to be reasonable, and allowed them to rise to the yes. challenge of maturity. Yes. And
0: the other thing you can do is use that as leverage to say, "Okay, I'll give you eleven o'clock or whatever mm-hmm. if you do these three things that you mm-hmm. should you, you're you're slacking on, yeah, right." And so that's part of the teachableness, like, hey, I will give you more freedoms as you show more maturity. And so here's the way you show me more maturity. I think the, that's some phenomenal advice, Dan. I think I hope if, if every parent hears that, I hope that you will learn, because Dan and I, we were bullheaded parents that just said, that's the way it's going to be. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: One of these days, just
1: for fun, we should invite all of our kids, all seven oh of our kids in goodness. here, and they can tell you what lousy parents I'd we I'd be
0: so scared <laughs> about that. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, we'd have fun though. We would laugh a lot we if, if, laugh we had, a if we had, if we had all of our kids and our wives in here, that would be great. Um, thank you again. I know this has been a brief episode, but it's, it's a good and important episode just because you have standards doesn't mean that you are raising your kids in a bubble and make sure that you are uh, just reminding your, your little ones about that. That's important. So thanks again for joining us today in life talks. We're going to be Part two of this uh, next episode, just to let you know, we're going to be dealing with a real life situation. Dan, we got an email at our lifetalks at lifecharlotte.com email address about a parent who has a real life situation of how they walk their children through some heavy things that are going on in their family. So we'll we'll deal with a very practical illustration of this at our in our next episode. Thanks again for joining us on Life Talks. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of life fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.